0: What's good, everybody? You're listening to Our Future, Looking Beyond with Michael Sucon, the business podcast for young people. I'm hyped because today I interview venture capitalist G. Craig Vachon. Now, he's not your typical investor. He's also the best-selling author of The Knucklehead of Silicon Valley. It's a hilarious story about the craziness of startups and international business. Craig, thank you for joining me, good sir. I can't wait to get started. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So you run a growth fund called Shout Ahead. Uh, That does not sound like your typical Silicon Valley fair on Sand Hill Road. How'd you come up with that name?
1: I I think I came up with the name because I was was a little bit intimidated by some of the Sand Hill folks who, you know, came up with names (laughs) like and A to Z and Sequoia right you know these are right, big right powerful names and i i'm I'm just this little knucklehead or more appropriately chowderhead. and I decided to you know come at this with the anti hubris
0: approach so let me try and come up with a, a little term for you would you call yourself a venture capitalist turned spy thriller novelist?
1: I think I would, I'd, I'd go one step further. I'd start by saying I'm an entrepreneur investor. And so I, I started as an entrepreneur. Over time, I started to make small investments. And that's where Chatterhead came, came to be. And then, you know, even in the last couple of years, I've joined a, a, a private equity firm in Paris called Next Stage and so I sit as, a, as one of the um, senior partners there at Next Stage. Uh, In Paris, them, huh? Yeah, and helping them make um, private equity investments. So, you know, sort of the full gamut of like um, the opportunities where, you know, might have uh, might have an impact on, you know, making the world a slightly better place.
0: Yeah, and you've been trying to make the world a better place through venture capital for a while now. And those experiences compelled you to write a book, The Knucklehead of Silicon Valley. Congrats on your first uh, publication thanks
1: yeah you know it's um i always believe that you should be curious enough to do things that you don't know how to do and so one of those things was write a novel and i thought wow it would be a lot of fun to sort of take some of the stories that i've experienced in in you know in my career and kind of weave a story weave a a a narrative arc around some of these experiences and uh, that's exactly what i did i i published a book last october I think we've sold about twenty six thousand
0: copies. It's tons of fun. I loved it. So, what what would you? Say, what percentage would you say is based on real life? Well, if my wife is listening, then only like fifty percent, honey. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know,
1: she the, might the be really pretty, the really pretty girls like Eva. You know, they don't
0: exist, huh? Um No, but I, I would say you know 90 percent of it is is actual events. Gotcha. So let's get a little thematic here in the sure. book. Your character Ralph is part of a business venture. He gets drawn into where these entrepreneurs want to create a technology that figures out exactly when a student learns. Now, if this technology was around in real life, I mean, imagine trying to see if students are learning over Zoom because they're not. What are your thoughts on business models that kind of reap the rewards of surveillance and take your personal attributes and sell them?
1: If you go back to 2012, I, I did a TED Talk on Does Privacy Matter? It was the most watched TED Talk up until Google took it down. Google took it down Jeez. for terms of service abuse. And what they <laughs> claimed was that, you know, there was a, there was a large uh, amount of users coming to this platform from uh, unknown sources. I, I was at the time helping to run a virtual private network company. It was the world's largest virtual private network company and we were educating our customers on the
0: importance of privacy and why to use a vpn don't you think that it could be scary when we get biotech merged with these data collection networks because what happens when these companies are reading our moods feelings uh you know giving us ideas on which to run with when we're feeling sad or angry and and purchases and and they will just know us on a chemical level is that something you're thinking about
1: palantir is a an existing palo alto firm that you know started with cia's money i mean what they're really good at is being able to you know know things like your moods like know things if you add the component your likes and dislikes if you add the component
0: of how you best learn, then you have this weapon of mass persuasion. My generation is going to be the one that regulates these practices. I mean, come on, the politicians right now are laymen. Like, Senator, quote, we we run ads. They don't understand the machinery of surveillance capitalism. So could you provide a kind of framework for how my generation should go about thinking about this when we are the leaders of society?
1: It really takes an enormous mind shift away from you know, who owns this data? Um, in, in the end, you know, the Europeans have done with GDPR, which is their privacy sort of umbrella policy. They've said that the consumer is the owner of this data and they have a right to be forgotten. I think that's a really
0: good step. So let's flip the switch to a different form of persuasion. Instead yeah. of persuading people to buy products and trading on their behavioral futures... Let's talk about how an entrepreneur persuades a venture capitalist like yourself. What five core areas do you look at when evaluating a business that's bringing you the idea of the future? The first is is obviously a team.
1: 75% of the time when I make an investment, I'm staring at the team saying, do I envision in five years that this group of people is going to be able to succeed in what they're trying to do? The other four of these are, are pretty simple. It's um, I always like to start with a large uh, TAM, a little to- total addressable marketplace. A billion people? A billion people, for example, because th- the rationale here is that inevitably there will be a pivot. And so they shift to this vertical. Now, the vertical inevitably is smaller than the original. You know, when we look at startups, we're looking to have something that ensures that Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Salesforce can't copy and eat your lunch because they've got X hundreds of thousands of distribution points that you don't have. So you need a moat. What else do you need? The fourth one is, you know, you've got to be able to show that you're going to adequately scale. Technology, build it once, sell it a billion times. And then also in terms of uh, understanding cost to distribute
0: I want to touch on scale, though, because we've seen all these startups just go crazy on growth, like crazy on scale, and they're not caring about profitability. And now we're seeing public investors reject that ethos when the private investors are fueling it with war chests of cash. Where where should should a company, how should they balance scale and short-term profits? My personal philosophy is I want to see
1: growth and adoption and a plan to get to profitability. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when we were at Anchor Free, we were growing 300,000 new users every day. So I know uh, ultra growth. But I also knew that with, you know, uh, uh, the appropriate mechanism, I could take about one and a half percent of the freemium customers and push them to premium. And to me, that was a wildly profitable business. Last is sort of like customer fit. And it's not just, you know, do customers want this, but are customers willing to pay for it Mm -hmm. out of? at a rate that ensures the profitability and longevity and resilience of of the business. And so literally those are the five things. Team, TAM, sustainable differentiation, scale, and customer fit.
0: Those are your investing pillars Um, during normal times. Are those the same investment pillars during coronavirus? Because, you know, our world's been freaking rocked here, man. Great
1: question. The answer is exactly the same. Uh, you You did an article on whether or not uh you know covid was affecting seed investing yes, sir. Um, and my response was not a whole lot. My premise is it 's always been ridiculously hard to get investment, no matter how you know many uh, Facebook movies the reality is i've I, i've i've helped about somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 40 companies get funded. I've raised about 1.6 billion for those
0: 35 1. to 40 companies. Billion.
1: You know, what, what I've learned is it, it's never easy. And anyone that claims it is, is either naive as hell or um, just not actually doing it, right? It, yeah. It's, uh, Nobody wants to give you their money. <laughs> exactly. You, know, <laughs> you have to kind of beat them over the head, and greed has to outweigh fear. I'm going to lose out. I can't lose out. I'll look like an idiot. Yeah. Right. And that is so damn hard. FOMO. Yeah. And which is why you see so much of a herd mentality yeah. in Silicon Valley, because you know what? If Sequoia made this investment or 8VC made that investment or Peter Thiel made this investment, I
0: better go make one just like it. What's the sickest part about being a venture capitalist? You get to learn something new every single day. I mean, that's why I love doing this podcast.
1: I (laughs) I, I mean, it is addictive. It's so addictive. Over the last probably seven or eight years, I've spent an average of 150 nights a year in a foreign hotel room everywhere. One of the reasons that um, I've picked up languages, I've been able to, you know, sort of look at businesses, made investments in the UAE, in China,
0: in Korea. Uh, in South Africa, in Colombia. Why? Because I was there. Uh, So, a lot of students have had their internships cancelled this summer due to COVID. If I send you some of the finest resumes. Would you be willing to take a look?
1: Absolutely. I'm looking for interns today for a number of these companies. I've got a natural language generation company that Hell is based yeah. out of Paris uh, called EasyOp that's looking for interns this year. Uh, supply Shift here in Santa Cruz is looking for interns to help with a new product that's pretty damn exciting. It's using the same sort of uh, supply chain, but uh, to a different audience, a really exciting audience. Um, So yeah, I I probably got, I don't know, four or five, maybe six, companies that are looking for interns right now and you send me the best and the brightest i'll ensure they'll they'll learn something really cool i'm going to donate three uh, uh books the knucklehead of uh, silicon valley to your listeners uh if you don't mind uh Heck yeah you know, collecting the three winners i'll uh,
0: i'll send them out in the mail and uh we'll have a a little giveaway. Ladies and gents, that was G. Craig Vashon, entrepreneur investor, best-selling author, the knucklehead of Silicon Valley. It's hilarious. You can win one of three copies if you share my podcast on your Instagram story and you like my most recent LinkedIn post to promote it. You can win one of these amazing books. Quarantine Read is perfect. Stay frosty, everybody. Let's make some millions. I'll be seeing you on Monday for the next episode. Cheers.